0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, part seven of the traits of highly miserable people. And behind the masks in the room, I'm sure everyone is smiling. But how many of you know it's very difficult to be around people that are highly miserable? You, 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 you're not attracted to them, and uh, it's very difficult to be around them, let alone work with people that are highly miserable. And the sad thing about people who are highly miserable is they give off something, and it creates a vicious cycle where people withdraw from them, and they become even more miserable, and it prevents them from achieving all that God wants them to achieve. And highly miserable people have certain traits we've looked at. How many are traits or certain habits, if you like, or certain attitudes? And uh, they're not if you're a if you're a miserable Christian, you're not a good ambassador for Jesus. You don't represent heaven because heaven's not full of moodiness and irritability, and God's not stamping his foot and banging his cane and we're getting ready to send a lightning bolt out. God is full of joy, and he wants us to be full of joy too. And Highly miserable people have this last trait that we can look at today. And that trait is this. They don't choose the right attitudes. They don't choose the right attitudes. How many of you know life is hard, but the right attitudes help? You can't change life, but the right attitude to life can certainly help us. Hugh Downs is a journalist and television Personality who said this, he said, A happy person is not a person in a certain set of circumstances, but rather a person with a certain set of attitudes. So many are looking for the right circumstances, the right political party, the right environment, the right people to be with, the right break in life. No, no, no matter what happens to you, you need the right set of attitudes. Then you'll be happy and you'll be filled with joy. And a lot of people are miserable. They imprison with their misery and it comes from inside them and they're waiting for someone to free them from outside them. Let me remind you of Psalm 107 here as we build a bit of a picture before I give you six things that we need to understand about attitudes. Psalm 107 verse 10, it says, Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, miserable prisoners In chains I hope that's not you today you can be a miserable prisoner in chains guess what it's your attitude that's put you there and you're waiting for someone to free you but it's you that's created your prison and your misery the famous John Milton in his poem paradise lost in his book rather paradise lost he says the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven You say it's my home, it's my country, it's the place I work. No, no, it's not. It starts in you with attitude. And Winnie the Pooh, who who gives some wisdom, whoever's behind Winnie the Pooh, I can't remember the author and the cartoonist, but Winnie the Pooh says sometimes the smallest things can take up the most room in your heart. You see, it's what's going on in here, it's your attitude that will determine your happiness. And where you find yourself, and and we need to understand what an attitude is. So, what is an attitude? People say, well, what is an attitude? Have you ever met someone and you say to them, what's wrong with you? And they say, what do you mean? Well, that's attitude. (laughs) It's the something, it's the disposition. It's the advanced man of ourselves. It's that person who comes before we said a word and gives off something. And we need to understand that. it's It's the person that we get to know when we meet you before you've said anything. It's your spirit, if you like. And when the Bible talks about attitude a lot, it speaks about spirit. You'll remember Caleb had a spirit. It was an attitude, an attitude of faith, and it caused him to be a person of victory. Numbers 14, the Lord speaking, says, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. What what are you giving off are you giving off something different to what others have or are you joining the miserable negative people in the world and being dragged down by a bad attitude. An attitude is something that's quite hard to detect uh, or to put your finger on, but but you can detect it. You see it, and you, you, you almost feel it. And you remember when, when Jacob was working for his father-in-law, he noticed a shift in his father-in-law. And it says here in Genesis 31, because, because attitude can be detected, but it's quite hard to put your finger on. He says, uh, but Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. They were, they were gossiping. And it says, Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. It's that something that's almost indefinable, hey? You can't kind of put your finger on but you know it. How many of you in the room tonight, uh, in the room today, <laughs> this morning, today know that attitude is something that some people kind of pretend that's not there, but it's very, very clear. It's our manner, our disposition, and hard to define, but has a very big impact. John Maxwell put it like this. He said, people may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. Remember that, and if you're a miserable person, you need to deal with your attitude. You need to make the right choices concerning your disposition And what you give off. And I want to remind everybody today that attitude is something that creates a culture. Certain attitudes create a culture. Firstly, in your home, if you've got attitudes in your home that are bad, there'll be a negative, bad, unhappy culture, and your children will have to get out of there as soon as possible. But good attitudes build good culture. The same is true of businesses. You walk into certain businesses and they have a good attitude and it produces a good culture. Go to a government government department and guess what kind of attitude you get. We don't care and you can just wait. And we're going for tea now, so we don't care if you're standing in the cold. That's an attitude that produces a culture. And, you know, if you're a business person today, we really want to encourage you. At Rivers Church, we, 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 we want to have good attitudes on our staff and on our teams, but also on our business people. We want you to give off a good attitude and create a good culture in your business. Very, very important thing. You want to know why your business is not attracting uh, customers? It could be your attitude. I was in loads of living recently with Pastor Vilma, and we went to shop in Santon City and had been in a few shops. And when we walked in there, different attitude, approachable, Uh, ready to help, not domineering, uh, sharp, ready to pick up on what you're asking, in the back room looking for something, trying to find what wasn't outside. And then when we finished paying, I I was so impressed as we walked out the door, there was a guy, he he clearly must be a helper or a packer, uh, sort of a junior member. Thank you for shopping with us today. Man, that attitude brought a whole culture. I was at Discovery Health getting my first injection with Pastor Wilma. And uh, the way they ran the place, Discovery Health in Santon, everything was organized, signage, direction. The attitude produced a culture. And we need to guard that in our businesses and in our homes and even in our churches. We're currently uh, closed on some of our campuses, but you know what, churches produce a culture. Some churches you go to and they give off a pride like we're the best and there's no church like ours you know, and our denomination and we'll just dominate the world and, and they're not there to serve you. Attitude produces culture and Rivers Church wants a culture of excellence, but we're focused on people and we serve people and church is about people. And so today we really need to look at our attitude because attitude determines altitude. Thomas Jefferson rightly said of the importance of attitude, he said, nothing can stop the man with a right mental attitude from achieving his goal. Nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong attitude mental attitude it is powerful so let's look at six things today are you ready in the room so glad I've got some people in the room to talk to they saying amen behind the masks and they joining you at home so six things about attitude that we need to pay attention to and respond to number one attitudes are up to us not up to God too many people are praying about the attitude no no it's up to you It's you that must decide. You can ask God to help you, but really you need to decide. It's like getting up in the morning and saying, Lord, would you dress me? You are capable of everything. You are all powerful. Despite his all powerfulness, he won't dress you. And the same is true of attitude. We have to put it on. John Maxwell says the greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes That's the day we truly grow up. You see, we've got to choose to be happy, choose to be joyful, choose to be positive, and we can change if we want to, if we realize it's our responsibility. Brian Tracy was a brilliant leadership teacher and author, and his books are worth the reading. And he says this, he says, you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control your attitude to what happens to you. And he goes on to say, and in that, you will be mastering change rather than allowing it to master you. Today, we realize that we're facing COVID across the world, third wave in South Africa currently. We can't prevent it. It comes, it attacks us, it forces us into situations. But we can decide on our attitude in it, whether it's going to be joy, faith, or positive. And we're being battered at the moment. This is a very important time for us to decide on our attitudes. Number two, the second thing about attitude is happiness is an attitude we must choose. Too many people are pursuing happiness, but happiness is actually an attitude that we choose. And highly miserable people don't choose a happy attitude. They tend to think it will come to them. They search for it with a partner, a job, a political party. And they're waiting for ideal circumstances instead of waking up in the morning and saying, I choose to be happy. It's a decision. No one is responsible for our happiness except us. And if you're waiting for happiness to come to you, you'll always be blaming people because you're not happy. This country, you know, if we had a different political, if we had the ideal political party, then we'd all be happier. No, we wouldn't. You become happy no matter who's in charge. You know, if I wasn't married to so-and-so, I'd be happier. No, no. You decide that despite who you're married to, you're going to be happy. You know, you don't know the place I work for. Well, you choose to be happy despite your job. You start to have an attitude of gratitude. I, I, I have a job. They I mean, you've lost their jobs, and then obviously the ideal church. You know, if I was in a different church, you know, more spiritual, more full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> some people say, "No, no, no." You're looking for emotion. Happiness is a decision, and it's up to us. It's so saddening to see people in our country chasing after happiness. You know, we, sh- we, 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 we deserve happiness. We deserve everything that we, that we were promised. Well, you're living in an illusion. And I love what Benjamin Franklin said, and I want to remind South Africans of this, especially today. Benjamin Franklin said this, the Constitution only gives people the right to pursue happiness. You have to catch it for yourself. And too many people think the Constitution guarantees my happiness. No, no, it's a choice you make, and you have to catch it Yourself, and we have to choose happiness like Jesus did in the face of bad circumstances. Let me remind you here from 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter writing about Jesus' attitude and encouraging us. He says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, and some of you are suffering physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer. In other words, don't don't become angry and miserable because you're suffering. Look suffering in the face and say, despite what you're bringing me, I'm gonna be happy today. And we really need to make that choice. We need to decide and we need to do it quickly. Otherwise, we'll make everyone else miserable. Many of you would have grown up and some of you are too young, but many of you would have grown up with the Carol Burnett Show. Anyone remember the Carol Burnett Show? She was a famous comedian and uh, really uh, well-known on television. And we used to watch the Carol Burnett Show when television first came to South Africa. And Carol Burnett, her, her career as a comedian spans seven decades. So she's done it for a long time. But most people don't know her background. She was the daughter of alcoholic parents. And she wasn't even raised by them because they were so dysfunctional. Her grandmother took her in And her grandmother raised her. And because her grandmother raised her, she had neither her own bedroom nor her own bed. She slept on her grandmother's couch. Yet, she chose to study. And uh, in the dim light of the bathroom, she did her studies. And she decided she'd get ahead. And she decided she'd be happy. She chose happiness and then chose to make everyone else happy. That's the attitude we need to have. We can't blame people for our past, our upbringing, blame the government. We make a decision. Doesn't matter about COVID. Doesn't matter who's in charge. Doesn't matter about ESCOM. I will be happy and I will choose happiness. And King David did that in crises. He chose the right attitude. And I want us to read you today together under this point of choosing happiness because people think happiness comes to you when you've got money. Happiness comes to you when you've got the right home. No, no, it doesn't. Those things add some measure. But true happiness comes when you make a decision. In Psalm 34, David chose the right attitude in crisis. And we're in crisis right now across the world, especially in South Africa, and especially in the Johannesburg region with this third wave. Psalm 34 and verse 1, David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I won't do it when I feel like it, I will. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So that's decision. Now watch, my soul, my feelings make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I want you to notice here, church, and this is so important, and especially leaders and staff. David makes a decision, then his emotions follow, then the people around him are influenced. And certainly as staff members, that needs to be us. We choose an attitude, a decision of the will. We say, this is what I'm gonna do despite COVID. And then we call on others and we allow our feelings to become happy. And we call on others to join us and we become influencers instead of being influenced by the circumstances. Happiness is a decision and it is a choice. As we close this point, let me remind you, Ephesians chapter four and verse 23, he, uh, Paul writing says, be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's something we have to decide to do and we have to change it. The great Aristotle observed, happiness depends on ourselves. Don't wait for it to come to you. Don't look for it in others. Make a decision every day to choose happiness number three are you being helped in the room a muffled amen and I hope you're being helped at home number three circumstances don't create our attitudes we do circumstances don't create our attitudes we do sadly for many people circumstances do create the attitudes and some people move here and there emotionally up and down according to their Circumstances, no, no, we need to choose our attitudes and not let circumstances choose them for us. The late Clement Stone, businessman and author, he said the following, he said, there's a little difference in people, but that little difference makes a big difference. The little difference is attitude, the big difference is whether it is positive or negative. You see, every day we're faced with circumstances and the little difference that your day can make uh, in your experience is the, your attitude that you've got. And we've gotta look at circumstances, and, and too many people today are blaming the circumstances on their lives. They're saying, I would be much happier, and our country would be much better if the circumstances were better. True to a degree, but not completely true. And here's, here's the example. King David, when he found himself in, in bad circumstances, often had a very good attitude. Stay with me here. He had a good attitude in bad circumstances. How come we read all the Psalms where David is in crisis and he's got an incredible attitude? He's full of praise. Yet, we find David in good circumstances, ideal circumstances, he's king over all Israel, he's living in comfort, but guess what? He has a bad attitude. Takes Bathsheba, kills one of his best men, You see, bad attitude in good circumstances, good attitude in bad circumstances. Don't blame the circumstances. Choose your attitude. And in our country today, people are blaming the circumstances instead of choosing their attitude. Bad attitudes lead to bad deeds, which lead to bad country. See, people constantly say this. Poverty causes people to rob and kill others. No, no. Bad attitudes to people cause people to rob and kill others. Poverty doesn't cause people to rape others and stab them 90 times. Bad attitudes to women do that. And you've got to to deal with attitude, otherwise you'll keep looking at social circumstances. That's why the world's not getting better, because we think we can change everything through sociology and through politics. And you can't. A guy makes a woman pregnant and then doesn't look after her but abandons her, it's not only... Some of the circumstances, oh, you see, he grew up poor. He didn't have condoms, and he didn't have sex education. No, he had a bad attitude towards a woman. You don't need sex education. My wife fell pregnant when she was a young woman, and we got married. We've made a fantastic life for ourselves. I never had sex education. When I was growing up, we didn't have classes where they drew everything on the board and explained how it all worked. Neither did we have condoms in toilets, and they weren't handed out free at schools. You choose your attitudes in the circumstances, and if we're gonna live successfully and fruitfully and not be highly miserable people, we mustn't blame the culture, we mustn't blame the environment, we must choose our attitudes. Can you say amen? Bad attitudes lead to bad actions, and the reason why we have so much crime is not because of the social circumstances only. You have crime at high levels. Wall Street, you have people stealing and robbing others. It's not just poverty. Bad attitudes, bad values cause bad behavior. And we have to choose our attitudes in spite of it. You see, if you're regulated from the outside, you're quite a weak person. You need to be regulated from the inside. How many of you remember years ago in preaching, uh, I've used this illustration. I think I've used it more than once, but it's so profound I had to use it again. If you travel into small towns, you'll often see the town hall, and on the roof of the town hall, there's a clock tower, and on the top of the clock tower, there's a weather vane. Have you ever seen that? It's got a clock, but then there's a weather vane on top. And the interesting thing about the weather vane, is when the wind blows, the weather, w- the weather vane blows whichever direction the wind blows. Some people are like that. Whichever direction social media goes, they go in that direction. Some companies are like that. Oh, everybody's talking about that, and then they go that way. But the clock is not affected by the wind. It is regulated from the inside and tells the true time. Not wherever the wind blows, and you and I have to be like that. We have to choose our attitudes from the inside, not be blown everywhere by politics and circumstances and what's going on in our world. We have to choose good attitudes. And you know, I'm sorry to say to you today, like you, I struggle with good attitudes. When I read the news, watch the news on TV, it affects me. When I wake up in the morning and it's freezing cold like it's been for the last week, It's very hard to rejoice and praise the Lord, but I have to take myself by the throat and say, hey, your family deserves a better attitude from you. Don't become a highly miserable person. Even though you might have grounds, your circumstances can't rule you. You must be ruled from within by God's spirit. And I wanna remind you all in the room and watching me online, we have to choose our attitudes because it affects other people. You have a moral obligation to have a good attitude. Dennis Prager is a brilliant author. He's a conservative Jew, and I love reading his material if you get a chance. He's written a book called Happiness is a Serious Problem. And he says this, pay attention now to this because he's, 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 he's got some insights. He says, everything worthwhile in life is attained through hard work. Happiness is not an exception. We tend to think that we owe it to ourselves to be as happy as we can be, and this is true. But happiness is far more than a personal concern. It is also a moral obligation. There is a reason why happiness is a moral obligation. In general, people act more decently when they are happy. You see, being happy for yourself is one thing, But actually when you're happy, it affects everyone around you because you tend to behave better. Want a better world? Want to be better on the road? Happier people on the road are wonderful to be around. But miserable people? It's not good to be around highly miserable people. We need to choose and not let the circumstances dictate. Number four, this is helping anyone in the room, especially as leaders and key people. Let's remember this point because this is not often spoken about. God rewards good attitudes and disciplines bad ones. I don't hear this being preached much, but it's a truth. And like any parent, God will discipline us when we have bad attitudes. If you have a home where your children display bad attitudes and you don't discipline them, you're heading for trouble. In fact, chances are your home has got a negative culture because negative attitudes produce a negative culture in a home. Our attitudes affect everyone around us and God disciplines bad attitudes. He deals with arrogance. He deals with pride. He deals with rebellion. It's a bad attitude and he deals with negativity. James chapter four and verse six, it says it in a nutshell. God opposes the proud He disciplines the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Can you see that? The one is rewarded and the other one is disciplined. And you'll remember when Job's friends came to him and they had bad attitudes, he was going through crises and he was losing his health and he'd lost his family and they came along and they spoke negatively to him and they had bad attitudes. Yeah, you must have done something wrong. You deserve it. Can I just pause you and say, if you think someone has got COVID and they deserve it, you need to change your attitude because nobody deserves it. Oh, They went to that function and oh, they, they didn't take care. Any one of us could get it so simply from just touching a key in a door or a package delivered. Let's be careful we don't cast judgment with these things and bring a bad attitude thinking we're better because we haven't got it yet. You know, it's been over a year and a half that we haven't caught COVID. Thank God we've had our first injection. But that doesn't mean because we're more righteous than any of you. And they had a bad attitude to Job and notice what Job says, he speaks, Job speaks incredible truth in the book of Job. In Job 19, he says to them, you should fear punishment yourselves for your attitude deserves punishment. Who would have thought that attitudes deserve punishment? It's something we don't often hear spoken of and it's something we don't realize is in the Bible. But our attitudes deserve punishment. Let's go a little bit further back. Well, rather further on, because Job is the oldest book in the Bible. But let's look at something that happened in the early part of the journey of the children of Israel. Miriam and Aaron come to Moses and they usurp his authority with a bad attitude. There's no worse attitudes than ones in family. Brother and sister. Are you the only one God's speaking through? A Ken for Job. I grew up with you, I know you, you're the one who's in the bathroom and never lets others get a turn and then when we go in there, <laughs> we wanna die. And, and you, you know, familiarity, familiarity can cause bad attitudes. Be careful husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, and they have a bad attitude to Moses, And what does God do? He disciplines them. He calls them to the tabernacle and Miriam ends up with leprosy, not because she's the woman, but she was clearly the instigator. God disciplines bad attitudes and he rewards good ones. I don't want to be disciplined. I want to be rewarded. And I'm sure you do today. And we need to adopt the attitude of Jesus and we need to have a good attitude. And you know what? The reason why we need to have good attitudes is because attitudes are contagious. They are contagious, and uh, sometimes in your home, you you say, well, you know, if I I was married to a person who was nicer, I'd be nicer. No, no, you make your choice, and uh, and, and, and I said this years ago. If your home is unbearable, maybe you're the bear. (laughs) Change your attitude, make the choice, because God rewards good ones, and we don't wanna be highly miserable people. Number five. This is so important, especially if you're looking for a partner and you're in business. Bad attitudes attract bad attitudes. Bad attitudes attract bad attitudes. So so often people ask, why is it me that always seems to get involved with the wrong people? Why is it that I always end up with the wrong woman? Why is it that I always end up choosing the wrong man? Well, attitudes are attractional. And you attract who you are, not who you want. Isn't that the truth? And people will often respond to us in the way we respond to them. It's what we give off. Have you ever got into a lift? And and you you know when you get into a lift, sometimes it's like everyone's like staring at the numbers. And you know if you just look down and if you said, good morning, everyone else suddenly loosens up. And they're all like, yeah, of course. Hello, hello. If you smile, people smile back. But if you walk into the lift with a, then everyone else in the lift is, that's you know, like Ezekiel. You, I will make your forehead strong against their foreheads. It's almost like you see foreheads touching. No, get in the lift, smile. We walk through our state and, and there's lots of strangers, people, we don't always know people that you know, occasionally go for a walk. Guess what we do? We greet everybody. And some of them, they look down on purpose because they don't want to greet you. We, we threw the mask, hello, and they're like. Now guess what, everywhere we go, we have to greet everyone because every car that drives past waves at us. And we're like, and I asked them, like, who's that? I don't know. Anyway. Attitude attracts. And certainly as ambassadors, we can't be highly miserable people. We pray when we walk with our masks on and we bear the burdens of the whole church. So send in your prayer requests and your your needs. We pray for you. As soon as we get an email, we both pray immediately and we walk through the estate praying. And we want to we want to be people that are positive. We want to embrace a faith spirit and we want to be attractional for the kingdom by our good attitudes. Remember that your attitude is so important, and you will attract people to you who have the same attitude. Earl Nightingale was a uh, radio commentator, and uh, he had his own comedy program. Some of you growing up would remember. Uh, Kids say the darndest things. And uh, he said this, he said, our attitude towards others determines their attitude towards us. And I've said that already But be careful that you, you, if you don't deal with your attitude, you'll become a trait that you're known by. And then you'll be known by the friends you have because you attract those kind of people. How many of you remember the story in 1 Samuel 25 of Nabal? The Bible says he was a rich man and David was living in the vicinity and this man had a lot of sheep and cattle and goats and very wealthy, married to a beautiful woman called Abigail. But he was known to be churlish. Another word for it is miserable, arrogant, he had a bad attitude, and David had protected him, David hadn't stolen anything from him, and David made a, a, a reasonable request in those days, um, it was a time of great hostility, there was no security companies, and David said, you know, could you give something, it's a celebration time, sheep shearing time, and could you give something to my men? And he had a bad attitude to David. Who is he? And you know, there's so many others who who just rising up and thinking. You know, and he was a really wealthy man. He could spare it. As a result, David decides. You know what? I'm going to kill you and your whole family. Can you see what a bad attitude does? It attracts a bad attitude. But then his wife Abigail says, no, 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 no! hang on a minute. This is not a good thing. And she cooks some food, prepares some packaging, gets some meat and goes out to see David with a good attitude. I'm sorry about my husband. Got married to him when I was a teenager. Have to put up with him. He's got a bad attitude. But, and guess what happens? Her good attitude brings mercy. Can you see bad attitude? Bad response. Good attitude? Good response. And so our attitudes are so important. And in our homes, In our lives, it's a difference between life and death really because David was going to destroy them. Then suddenly he showed favor to them and he ended up marrying Abigail because her husband fell down dead. I think there's a lesson there. If you're miserable in your house on an ongoing basis, you could drop dead. I think it's a warning from the Lord. But seriously, church, the question is, who do you want to attract in your life? Who do you want to attract in your life and if you're highly miserable, you will attract people like that. And if you're always attracting the wrong people in your life, you need to check your attitude. Number six, the sixth thing here and the last one uh, concerning attitudes, and th- this we need to realize again is so important: is attitudes are the predictor of our future. Show me your attitude, and I'll show you your future. Bad attitudes, bad future. Good attitudes. Potential. And this is what people say, you see, if only I'd studied, if only I'd had money or free education, if only I'd had opportunity, if only I didn't grow up in a township, if only I didn't, then I would. No, no, no. Despite that, attitude can take you over all those things. Now, you might be saying you don't understand. No, I do understand. I do understand. Zig Ziglar, the late Baptist preacher and motivational speaker said this, he said, your attitude Not your aptitude will determine your altitude. Stop looking at aptitude and studies and all these things that everyone hops on. Get attitude right. And then no matter what you lack, you will excel. I didn't finish high school. Yet I ran a very successful business. Why? Because I had an attitude of success. I will succeed despite lacking education. I am able to minister and write books. Why? Because my attitude has been one of constant learning and reading and studying. I didn't rely and, and, and oh, you know, I never had formal education. People are not going to listen to me. No, your attitude determines your altitude. It is the predictor of your future, not your degrees, not where you grew up. William James said this. He said it is our attitude at the beginning of a difficult task, which more than anything else will affect its successful outcome. Notice that, your attitude at the beginning of a difficult task. Guess what, life is a difficult task. So if your attitude is good as a teenager at the beginning of a difficult life, It will determine whether you succeed or fail. Attitude is the predictor of our future. Show me your attitude, and I will show you your future. And I've noticed that people get into jobs that are not ideal, and yet their attitude is the difference. Was it William Brennan who said, there are no menial jobs, only menial attitudes. You see, you can be a street sweeper, you can be a cleaner in a food court and feel everyone else is eating these big meals and living a life of luxury, and here I am, I'm only cleaning. Well, a good attitude there will be recognized by your employers who will put you in charge of the cleaners, might put you in charge of the food court. Attitude determines altitude. Attitude is the predictor of our future. It determines where we go in life. I love this saying, as I begin to wrap up here, someone once said this, they said, a bad attitude is like a flat tire, you cannot go anywhere until you change it. I think that's worth photographing, that's worth writing down, it's true. Once you change your attitude, your future is guaranteed and we're living through a very, very difficult time. So let's not be highly miserable people, certainly as Christians, Let's uh, realize we don't have to be, we can stop at any time and change our attitudes, we can stop complaining, we can stop being people that are self-centered, we can stop worrying all the time, we can stop making ourselves the center of our universe, and we can really focus on our purpose, and we can choose the right attitude, and once we make decisions concerning these things, our lives can be good. I wanna encourage you in the room today and those watching me online, choose your attitude today, Choose an attitude of gratitude. As we uh, heard in the offering, a spirit of generosity and and of gratitude we need to choose. A spirit of positivity, of faith, of of graciousness, of respect, of happiness, of, of, of servitude and contentment. You choose these attitudes and you stop being a highly miserable person. And if in your home you've been miserable, you've had a bad attitude, Let me close with this before I pray with you today. Bo Bennett said this, and I love it. He says, spend some time this weekend on home improvement. Improve your attitude towards your family. Let's not just paint the house and change the furniture and change the tiles and the furnishings and say we've improved our home when the spirit there is not great. The attitude and the culture is bad. Let's change our attitude. And you know what? To the poorest of homes, to the most rundown of homes, you can bring a good attitude and happiness because it's not in things, it's within people. Let's make the choice today. Now I want to pray with you and uh, in a moment, especially if you're watching online, I've got leaders in the room who all know Jesus and follow Jesus, I trust that they do. They're going to get saved again today. I think not, they're walking with God. But if you're at home, you know, happiness and attitude is not for this life only. It's also for the eternity to come. And people say there's no such thing as hell. No, no, hell is a place where everyone's got bad attitudes. And I, and I want to just remind you, this, this uh, man, Jupiter Hammond, was a preacher and a poet from way back. He was an ex-slave who became a preacher and a poet, highly respected in American history. He says this, he says, now the Bible tells us that we are all by nature sinners. The Bible tells us that. And that we are slaves to sin and Satan. That's something we need to pay attention to. And that unless we are converted or born again, we must be miserable forever. How interesting is that, church? That we would be miserable forever. You see, today, we need to acknowledge that we are slaves of sin and of Satan. And that if we don't know Jesus, you've been born the first time, but you need to be born again. John chapter three speaks about that. And unless we're born again and know Jesus and begin to live by his word, we're bound to sin, bound to Satan, and we will be miserable forever. Happiness is not just about this life, it's about the life to come. I don't just want you to make a decision today so that you can be happy. Now, many people who don't know Jesus can choose their attitudes. What we need to do is choose our eternity and choose our savior today. So if you don't know Jesus, I want you to make him Lord of your life because he died for your sins. He wants to take them away and he wants to cause you to be born again. And the byproduct is a joy and a happiness that goes beyond circumstances and beyond this world. Don't make the decision because I want to be happy. No, no, that's not enough. It's a byproduct. You need to want to make him Lord. And when you do all the puzzle pieces fit together, you discover purpose and generally A joy flows into your life. If that's you today, you say yes. Would you pray with me? I want to pray with you today, and I want to lead you in prayer, and you can follow this prayer with me as I pray. Repeat it after me, and everyone in the room is going to do that as leaders here to help you today. So through your mask, church, leaders, let's let's pray this prayer. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus, who died for me to free me from sin and Satan's power. I believe in him today, and I choose him today to secure my eternity. Thank you, Father, that you want me to be saved, to be filled with joy, and to have a wonderful eternity. I choose that today, and I receive you, Jesus, In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.